Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, well, welcome back to the Servants of Grace Theology segment. My name is Dave, and today we have a great question from one of our listeners. The question is, what does it mean that Jesus is the Alpha and Omega? Well, this this is a really good question. Uh, Revelation 1.8 supports God's sovereignty with three statements, the first of which expresses the eternity of God, saying, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, you see, God reigns over all since he is before, he is after all things. The Alpha and Omega is a figure of speech called a Marianism. And G.K. Beale writes that a Marianism states polar opposites in order to highlight everything between the opposites. And as the Alpha and Omega, God is in control of everything in between. This statement echoes uh, Isaiah 41.4, where God says, Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first and the last, I am he. And when we speak of God's being eternal, we mean that his being exists outside of time, outside of history, which God created. And Peter states in 2 Peter 3.8, With the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. In fact, being eternal, God is the one who is and who was and who always is to come, Revelation 1.8 says. And so as we study the attributes of God, we find that they are all interrelated. And so God's eternity is another attribute of God highlighted in Revelation 1.8. In fact, repeating a phrase from verse 4, God describes himself as the Alpha and Omega who is and who was and who is to come. These words reflect God's eternity, but the first of them and of them especially declares God's self-existence. He, uh, he is the God who is. And not only does the eternal God have no being, but the self-existing God has no source of life other than himself. You see, God's self-existence is highlighted in the Greek text. This begins in Revelation 1.8 with the words, Ego a me, I am. These words, they bring us to the burning bush where God spoke to Moses. And Moses asked for his name and God answered, I am who I am in Exodus 3.14. God's self-existence is declared in the Bible's very first verse in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so God's being is like the fire in the burning bush that Moses saw on the mountain, which was burning, yet it was not consumed, Exodus 3.2 says. The fire did not depend on the bush, but burned by its own all-sufficient life. And like the fire, God does not derive his life from any source. The fire burned in the bush, but the bush was not the source of the fire. The theological term for God's uh, self-existence is aseity, and the word combines the Latin A from the word, from the meaning from, and C meaning himself. You see, God is from himself. In fact, several implications can be drawn from God's self-existence, starting with his self-sufficiency. And the second implication of God's self-existence involves his immutability. This means that God does not and cannot change. Because God is eternal, his being is not subject to any chain of events. Because he is self-sufficient, nothing outside of God is able to cause him to change. 
And so therefore, having his life entirely from himself, the God who is and who was and who is to come, always is, was, and will always be exactly who he is. You see, the immutability provides good news to suffering Christians like the believers to whom John was writing in Revelation. It means that God's character does not change. God is now exactly the same as he always has been and always will be for all eternity. In fact, God's purposes do not change. And since God's purposes do not change, his purposes for Jesus Christ will never change. The Bible asserts that God's purposes to enthrone his son, to glorify him forever. God has ordained his son as the only savior, and so the words of of the apostle uh, Peter will be true forever. And not only will God's plan never change, but his plans for redeemed people will also never change. This is what Romans 8.29 says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now, you see, Christians are ordained by God to partake of the holiness of Christ, and so it makes no sense for believers to live as though they still belong to the world. In fact, Paul stated that as children of God, believers are, according to Romans 8.17, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. You see, because God is sovereign, eternal, unchanging, his salvation is also sovereign, eternal, and secure. John 10, 28-29 says, I give them eternal life, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. And finally, since God's purposes never change, God's plan for the wicked will never change. Revelation shows that God will judge sinners who have not been forgiven. Exodus uh, 34, 7 teaches that God does not leave the guilty unpunished. And that the many judgments displayed in Revelation add living color to this assertion. You see, God's unwavering wrath against sin, it gives a warning to anyone who refuses Jesus as Lord. In fact, improving the sovereignty of God it meet by means of his attributes, we have considered the eternity of God together with his self-existence, his self-sufficiency, and his immutability. Revelation 1.8 says, I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come. And so we might think there's nothing more to say. But God points out one more essential attribute that makes him sovereign over all things. Revelation 1 8 adds an assertion of God's omnipotence, concluding with the Almighty. In fact, the Greek word translated as Almighty is pankratator. And, and this word combines pantos for all things and kratos, which means both might and dominion. Luke one fifty one uses Kratos to say that God has shown strength with his arm. And 1 Peter 6.16 uses it to exalt in God's eternal dominion. For God to be a procrantator is to exercise sovereign power and authority to rule over all things in all places and in all times. And knowing the truth of God's almighty sovereign rule over all things, it also brings the greatest comfort to suffering Christians. And so the book of Revelation, it brings a message of great solace to Christians. The good news centered on God's sovereignty over all things. And when we think of God's speaking, Christians should especially think of God's revelation through his son, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1, 1 through 2 says that, that while God formerly spoke by the prophets in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. It's for this reason when God says in Revelation 1.8, I am, Christians hear the voice of Jesus. God says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, an expression that Jesus will apply to himself within the very, uh, this very chapter. Rome, Revelation 1.17-18 says, 
I'm the first and the last and the living one. And so we also hear the voice of Jesus, uh, great I am sayings in John's gospel. And so the I am statements, they show that Jesus Christ is the one with the God who says in Revelation 1a, I am the Alpha and Omega who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And this means that Jesus was present when, when Moses heard God speaking from the burning bush, giving his name, I am that I am. Exodus 33.2 declares, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within the bush. Now, the most likely explanation is that Moses saw the eternal Son of God in his pre-incarnate form, speaking with God's voice. And so God likewise speaks, revealing himself to us as, as good news through his Son, Jesus Christ. And so the only way for you to come to know the great I am, the, the sovereign, the eternal, the unchanging, the almighty God, is to believe in Jesus Christ. Have you met him in the way that Moses met uh, Jesus Christ at the burning bush? God called to Moses and he came. He believed. He entered into a saving relationship with God. And now God calls you through his word. He says to you, I am the Alpha and Omega, the almighty sovereign and, and who controls your destiny and offers you eternal life through faith in Jesus, the eternal, self-existent, the almighty God. Well, I want to thank you for listening or even watching this episode of the, of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.